Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. And this week I'm going to read you another story by one of my favorite authors, M. Christian. Um, This one is called The Curse. Blood on the sheets. When she awoke, blood on the sheets. Not a lot, but enough. Even alone, embarrassment warmed Ellie's cheeks as she stripped her bed and tucked them into the laundry hamper. At least they hadn't been new. Alone, slowly, memories surfaced past the beginning of her daily routine. Showering, washing herself, she remembered other hands. There, and there, and there. The night before... As crimson spiraled away at her feet, down the drain, it seemed to be replaced by a quick storm of recall, the thump-a-thump-a-thump of the band on a distant stage, the biting sting of clove cigarettes and ganja in the air, the distant frostbite of a very cold beer in her hand. It was the perfect place, a lovely excuse. Women everywhere dancing under a painfully blue sky, then hard industrial lights, Pride Day, a time to step out, wear the colors, be free. A special woman's pace on a special gay day. But Ellie had felt uncomfortable. For a while she'd watched, marching the route with the rest, becoming a part of the crowd. But then the isolation returned, and she was just one among thousands, just a face in that overwhelming crowd. She recalled the depression, a heavy blanket on her shoulders, so many women dancing around the outdoor stage, a parade of their own, all the pretty young girls moving with each other. Smile, laughter, and all she'd wanted, desperately wanted, was someone to be with. Company. Then someone had, someone had stepped in. A quick cascade, an avalanche of raven-black hair, huge dark eyes, lips that seemed to slyly smile from the poster of some silent film queen, a lithe form, slender and graceful under the pulsing lights, the harsh street lamps, the tiny bulb of her car's feeble dome light, the harsh fluorescence of her lobby, the glow from her familiar lamps, then lastly, the contours of her illuminated by the ember-red numbers of her night stand clock. 
twisting off the shower, she stepped wet and dripping into her bedroom, hoping for her, hoping to see her elegant eyes, brilliant lips, deep-throated laughter, but only covers on the floor, only a bare mattress waiting for her, alone. Yes? She would be late to work, unheard of, though no one would have noticed. She'd stood and stared at the bare bed, looking for some kind of evidence, some kind of physicality to match her lifting, her fi filling memory. They stood on the balcony, looking at the stars and the brilliant lights of the city. A natural position, Ellie's hands on the cooled metal of the balcony, the other woman's hands around her waist, her breath on the nape of her neck, a cascade, Ellie remembered, of goosebumps, but not from the cooling night. Hard daylight, blinking, wrapped in a towel, she stepped out, looking for footprints. Handprints. Moisture, a sparkling flicker of dew, anything to prove it had really happened. They'd kissed, yes, and she tasted her again in memory. The pressure of lips, the heat of her, the rhythm of their breathing. They'd come inside, kissed by the foot of the bed, the whisper of her black satin dress the sudden too tightness of Ellie's jeans, the surprising laughter when the kiss broke, when the high of their excitement crested, the way then the giggles had faded as she put her hands on Ellie's face, traced the contours of her cheeks, her jaw, the way she tapped Ellie's nose, whispering button in a rich, throaty voice. In the warming room, Ellie stood at the foot of the bed, turning so she was facing the way she remembered standing. Yes, eyes brown with a flicker of amber. Lips too full, too red, too silken to be anything but a fantasy running around in the real world. Lithe, boyish. She remembered how she'd like to watch her move, like to watch her walk barefoot across the apartment. Graceful, as if every muscle were elegantly conducted to some lovely score. Her shoes... Yes, she kicked them off near the foot of the bed, without really thinking of the woman walking the hard pavement on thin, bare feet she dropped down to look, hoping for the reality of a simple black pump. Nothing, of course. Memories, but nothing else. A glance at the clock brought up more, her face glowing as if from low embers smiling up at her. There, in her eyes, the lust Ellie'd wanted, needed, but also something else. Something finer, softer, kinder. There was something else there in the dull red glow, something that had made Ellie's heart melt as fast as her body. Liquid, yes, molten. A glance at the clock also brought a slap of reality. 8.05, half an hour on the bridge, 15 minutes from the garage to the office. She was going to be late. Still... Hurrying, there was no escaping the growing number of ghosts from the past that expired night. Brushing her hair brought up a throaty voice, rich and rumbling and the feel of strong fingers stroking the top of her head. Doing her teeth was those same fingers brushing her lips, feeling them before another kiss. Finally, she had to stop, had to put both hands on the edge of the sink and breathe deep, in and out. Strong, steady breaths. She was late. She needed to get dressed and get going. She had work to do. Lots of work to do. If it had happened, if it had happened, then it was nice and that was all. 
It didn't change anything. If it didn't, then the world was as it was. Ellie, her little place, her little life, her job, the days falling down one by one. Tears hot on her cheeks. How she wanted it to be real. How she wanted it. Eyes open, puffy and red, her face in the mirror looking broken and small. But then she saw it, as real as a shoe, as foot and handprints in the night do. Evidence. Reality. Purple. Harsh. Sore. Yes, but evidence nonetheless. A scarf would hide it. But not for now. Lateness. The bridge. Traffic. The walk from the garage. The firm was gone from her mind. For now, as she stood in the window, the bruise on the slope of her neck was too priceless to hide, too real not to be stared at. The office normally seemed to exist out of time. One day there, melding into the next, the next, normally, yes, normally, as an endless caterpillar of files, meetings, filings, a slow dance of meaningless movements that seemed to have no function aside from filling days. She'd smelled of lemons, strong and sharp, a bite to the nose, sting as they'd kissed. Ellie was opening her first file of the day when the memory came, strong and fast. In the order, and perpetually, she felt her body respond. Though shame bloomed on her face, she relished the new information, a few more details to the mystery. She usually made small talk, television of the night before, the day's headlines, something safe. But that day she walked through the office like still asleep, still lost in her vivid recall. Lemons, she thought, accepting another load of papers, and hair. Hair the color of rusted wire. A brilliant halo of light, of fire. Sure, no problem, she said to someone who stuck their head into her office. There faced a mask of seriousness. She had no idea what she agreed to. Her lips forming the dismissive words just to get them gone. To leave them alone just Ellie and her slowly dawning memories of the day before. Jennifer, the little bob-haired girl from shipping, stopped by when the clock was inching towards five, wanting to gossip, both to pick up as well as give. "'What did you do after the parade, hmm?' she said, implying, suggesting, mocking because she expected the answer was nothing. Ellie wanted her gone as well. How do you put the bite of lemons, hair the color of sunrise, sunset, into a dyke drama? Even bringing the woman up with Jennifer would be kind of sacrilege, a Polaroid of Jesus on the cross. Instead, she smiled her best fake smile and said, Not much. The night didn't share anything else. The bed was just a bed. Still no shoes shoved under. Still no palm prints on the railing. Only the mark on her neck. The fading, reddish bruise was all that remained and even it seemed to be healing, fading into just plain skin. Her voice, the sound of it, the ringing timbre of her speaking, washed over her as she opened the Peterson file. So strong, so realized in her ears. Ellie had to close her eyes to focus on its clarity. A lilting voice full of honey and wine. A touch of somewhere south, but not cornpone. More moss-covered mansions and the kindness of strangers. A fine southern scenario of warm verandas and humid nights. 
You from around here, Ellie had said, regretting the stupidity of the line, the instant the words had tumbled out of her mouth. Sometimes, she'd answered, conjuring Bayou and Savannah with a brilliant smile. Want to dance? So they had a clumsy mating dance of the female of the species, full of suspicion and raw passion. They hadn't talked much during it. Their voices crushed or carried away by the thumping bass of the glamour pussies from the stage. But then they did have a conversation carried through the language of shaded eyes and pursed lips. No words, but intent nonetheless. Before they fell asleep together, arms wrapped in a Gordian knot of spent passion, she'd said, words laced with Spanish moss and green drinks on the veranda. I think I'll like it here. A day, maybe two, the Peterson file was open, but bare of any work. Every hour, it seemed, something new surfaced, some detail of that night. The glow of her skin, pale, almost translucent, but lit from within with some kind of raw light, pure energy. The ferocity of her lovemaking as she'd been trying to crawl inside Ellie. The throbbing of the bruise on her neck, the way her bell had smiled and licked at her chafe gently, apologetically. So, who is she? Jennifer said, poking her bob-haired head around the corner. Ellie blushed, warmth spreading down her neck. Just someone I met. Oh, just someone or a very nice someone? Her eyes danced with excitement at seeing this side of Ellie. Special, I think, Ellie said. I hope. You haven't heard from her? Concern this time, maybe that sweet, innocent Ellie had been waylaid by the dyke version of Wham, Bam, Thank You, Ma'am. The thought had never occurred to Ellie. Hadn't heard from her? Had it really been days? No calls, no flowers, no letters, no U-Haul to play to the old joke. Nothing, yet there wasn't fear in that. Wasn't that normal stomach-dropping shame of actually hoping for something good to happen? None of that. Just the soft, warm glow in her belly. The desire, the affection, remaining undiluted, still there. Not really, Ellie said, her voice sounding lost as if from far away. Oh, Ellie, Jennifer said, moving around the corner to put a warm hand on Ellie's. Don't take it too hard. I won't. I promise, she said with mock sincerity, just to make the other woman go away. She wanted to be alone with the thoughts she was having, the warm swell of emotions. No, she hadn't heard from her. No, she didn't know where she was, but then, but then it also seemed like she'd never left. Getting up the next morning a name. Samantha. The revelation was a bolt. A brilliant stroke through her, making Ellie's body respond. A smile. Samantha. Yes. Perfect. A bell-ringing tone of truth. Her name was Samantha. Brushing her teeth, she remembered the color of her eyes, gray like burnished steel. Putting on her pantyhose, she remembered her breath. Sweet. A lingering touch of the bear they shared. She remembered the way it was hot on her neck after their first consuming kiss. A slow pant that warmed Ellie's already burning skin. Sweet. Driving to work, she knew that Samantha of the sweet breath had been slightly shorter. Not enough to crane the neck, 
but enough to put a hesitant Ellie at ease. Arriving, chocolate. Little Samantha with the sweet breath had asked if she had some. Ellie, whose face exploded if she had even a cup of coffee, had to disappoint. But Samantha, sweet Samantha, had just smiled and said she'd get her own. Later. Then the kiss. An hour later, Peterson filed, opened and ignored. She remembered her feet as they slept together, the way she'd kicked a cat in a dream of chasing mice, her rough nails scratching Ellie's tender ankles, drawing her out of her dream. More. Too much more. Panting with the cascade, Ellie locked herself in the bathroom for an hour. Letting her body recall what her mind couldn't comprehend, she knew she was risking embarrassment but didn't care. What was coming came. Only Jennifer seemed to notice. She stopped by as Ellie was packing up to leave. Concern darkened her face. I just don't want you to get hurt, she'd said, then repeated the offer of having Ellie call her if she needed to. Ellie agreed again just to get away, to get back to her memory of that one night. I will, she said, hearing the honey and Savannah tones slip out from between her lips. I will, sweetie, I will. Key in the lock. Blues were her favorite music. Bathroom water splashed on her face. She loved dark nights, no moon. Sunlight was alien, distant. Shoes off. Dress thrown on the floor, walking the streets of New Orleans long before they could even be called streets. Women in hoop skirts, carrying umbrellas, elegant creoles with their sing-song voices, boys running by, chasing a wayward and terrified chicken. The rest of it came off, naked under the covers, shivering as if from a cold, a fever. Yellow fever, people dying all around her, healthy, she'd taken to theatrical symptoms to ward off suspicion. Having to be careful about who she chose, not wanting to inherit the illness. Covers over her head, body quaking. World War II, starch clothing and chafing nylons. Many soldiers in and out. Many women lurking around Charleston. Lost and hungry. She just hungry. Much confusion, and in that an easy way of living. She missed wars because she could only be with women. She still missed the chaos and the frantic sloppiness of unrest. Peace was meticulous. Peace was pedantic. People in peace had nothing better than to miss people, look for them, try and track them down. Too much, a torrent, a heavy rain of images, many faces, many times, many eyes, looking at her with amused relief, many shoes on many feet, many nights with many women. Those eyes, always the same reflection, always the same attitude, always the same. Ellie, while there was an Ellie, realized the sameness, saw it with a shocking knowledge, always the same attitude, because no matter the eyes, they all housed Samantha, and she was looking into a mirror. I love you, Ellie thought, as it became too much, drowned under the heavy sea of Samantha's many years, loving her, caring for her, till the end. Later that night, the moon bright and new, she awoke, the storm having passed clarity. Nothing but today. Nothing but her body under the sheaths. Stiff muscles quavering from the strain, tension. She got up, looking at herself in the full-length mirror. The bruise was fading, as it always did. 
the stigmata of waking, the sign of another month. One more month before blood on the sheets again, slowly getting used to new muscles, new bones, new tendons, her senses, Samantha, got dressed. I love you too, Ellie, Samantha thought, looking at her face one last time in the mirror, car keys flashing silver in her right hand, at least as much as I love myself. She smiled and then went out. Thank you for listening this week to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. If you haven't had a chance to have a look at my erotic memoir, now is a chance to actually get it in a bundle with my new book, Dancing the Edge to Reclaiming Your Reality, Essential Life Skills for Gaslighting and Trauma Survivors. This is the companion self-help book I referred to as I was writing the memoir. And you can now get the two of them by heading over to a to z of sex.co forward slash reclaiming. This book is just out. On the 30th of January is a launch party, which should be amazing fun. If you're interested in coming to that and you hear this in time, it's a to z of sex.co forward slash launch party. That will get you your registration. Um, there will be readings, there will be games and prizes and giveaways, and um, we'll also work through some of the exercises. It should be a lot of fun. It's starting at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. UK, and it runs until really late. So we're finishing at uh, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, and 4 in the morning UK time. Um, we're taking that much time because it's a drop-in-and-out affair, and I wanted people from all time zones to be able to come. If you were at the last launch party, you know that we had an awful lot of fun. Um, so if you get the chance and you hear this before the party, do go ahead and sign up. That's a to z of sex dot co forward slash launch party. And uh, I look forward to seeing some of you there. Next week, we'll be picking up with some more of my new erotica, um, it's been some time since I read some of mine, so I've been writing and I've got some new stuff for you and I'll be picking up with that. Um, the weeks following, we've got some more authors to come on and read for you and I will again be dipping into my library. If there's something you want to hear, please do let me know and I will see if I can get the permission from the author or better yet, get the author themselves to come on and read. Um, it's uh, always a lot of fun to have different types of erotica so please let me know what are you missing what are you excited for you can reach me at drlauriebethbisbee.press that's lauriebeth at drlauriebethbisbee.press that's the easiest way to reach me and um, if you go and head over to drlauriebethbisbee.press you can sign up get some special extra scenes from the original memoir and be kept up to date with what's going on Please keep safe, and I hope you have a fantastic, hot, and sexy week. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauribethbisbee.com 
and drlaurybethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week.